Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined by InsideTexas.com publisher, Eric Nolene. Uh, Eric, uh, we're talking state of the program, our weekly segment uh, brought to you by Adam Lowy of the Lowy Law Firm. Uh, the law firm specializes in results for his clients, whether it's a tragic car wreck, an accident in the workplace, or any serious or catastrophic injury. Adam is who you want to call. Call Adam at 512-280-0800 or reach him online at lowylawfirm.com for a free consultation. And remember, Adam focuses on results. Um, results, let's talk about that because the Longhorns did not get the result they wanted on Saturday. Uh, Eric, uh, we, we've kind of talked about that at Inside Texas, whether it's been your articles, Ian Boyd, Paul Wadlington, Joe Cook. Um, you know, it revolves around a couple of issues. The defense not making some big stops and injuries, uh, particularly in the secondary. Second half woes on offense vis-a-vis Quinn Ewers. Um, let's let's break those down a little bit for folks and, and really give them where you come out on all of this stuff. I, th- I think it's important to hear from the publisher to really uh, get your feel. On the defense, uh, is it multi-level problems in your opinion, or is it a couple of things? What what is what are the issues that you see right now that are plagued in defense? Well, I, I think it still uh, relates to situational defense. You know, they they do good for stretches. Uh, they had, you know, they were better on third downs uh, this past game, uh, except for that one drive where it seemed like they were one after another. Uh, overall, they were they were better on third downs, so that was good. But you know, they missed some opportunities. They got their hands on a lot of footballs. A couple of those should have been intercepted. Gave up big pass downfield. Um, you know, the the biggest problem is it, is it's a team wide problem is they're not playing complementary. You know, they have the defense is playing good and the offense is not playing good. The offense is playing good and the defense is not. It, it's you know there was plenty of opportunity for the offense to. You know, I'm not wouldn't say necessarily put the game away, but make it a lot tougher for Oklahoma State to come back. The, the defense kept getting uh, getting off the field, uh, and, and they couldn't make it. So the biggest issues are complimentary. Uh, guys aren't making plays. You know, and uh, I don't know if that's experience. Uh, there's obviously obviously a lot of confusion, uh, more confusion than we've seen at times. The corners actually got beat for the first time all season deep. Um, you know, the players not making plays. Uh, I felt like the coaches. Um, you know, I was kind of hard on the coaches after the Texas Tech game. I feel like this was more of an issue of the players' execution. Um, question about the corners um, in the secondary. I, I want to ask about the secondary as a, as a whole, too, but put that in check a minute for the corners. Texas is getting called for a lot of pass interference calls that other teams aren't at this point. Yeah, you know, it, it, by the letter of the law, you can you can make those calls, uh, you know, pretty frequently, but they're not they're not being the balls and strikes are not being called evenly, you know, and it's you know they're not the Astros; they can't overcome those balls being going in the favors of the Yankees. You know, they're not they're not good enough to overcome those yet. So, they did have some uh, unfortunate calls. You know, a lot of those penalties were, uh, you know, motion penalties. They were their own fault. You know, pre-snap penalties, but. The ones that were more arbitrary and uh, subjective uh, seem to always go against Texas, you know, so uh, there's no way to explain that other than, you know, it's, it's a pretty common theme. You know, I try to say it without uh, bitching about the, the, the referees too much and make blaming them. Um, you know, you've seen a lot of bad calls earlier in the day. Uh, Syracuse got screwed uh, versus Clemson. I don't think Texas got as screwed as bad as Clemson or as Syracuse did. So Texas has to make their own breaks, but yeah, that's, that's part of being a UT fan is you're going to have to deal with that. What, it, what amounts to off, often lopsided uh, refereeing. As it relates to that, I, I have a theory here, and I want to hear your thoughts on it. Um, I believe that m- coaches that have been in the, the league a long time, like Mike Gundy, 
get some favored calls over time if they have good relationships with those officials. It's almost subconscious, right? I mean, he's been around, what, 17, 18 years at Oklahoma State. Those same officials, they know Steve Sarkeesian maybe for two years and have only seen him four or five times at most. Right. Yeah. Now. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure that the that Sark knows how to work the officials yet. So that might bot. It might not even be a relationship thing. But you know, last week, uh, the week before, Sonny Dykes was was going off on the officials for for long stretches, and then he finally started getting some calls against the same Oklahoma State team. We saw, you know, they, they were substituting uh, very fast, and TCU was not having the same amount of time to get off the field. We saw Texas get a penalty that way. Uh, Sark should have talked to the officials before that game and said, hey, look, I saw last week what they were doing. They were getting away with a bunch of nonsense. You know, let's just call it even. You know, I don't know. Maybe he did. Uh, it didn't necessarily work. But uh, I, I think Sark could probably be, uh, work on the officials a little harder. Maybe it goes against his personality to a degree. Uh, he's not the most fired up guy, most passionate guy. I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, you know, I think a lot of times if he was, you know, if they were making cool uh, – uh, great calls late. We would we would laud him for his cool, calm demeanor. Um, so I don't, I don't really want to harp on him that much, but I, I do think that he could probably work the officials a little harder. Yeah, he definitely is more cerebral. I think is a, a way to put it. Right. Yeah. Um, question for you now. Let's let's talk about the the secondary because I think that true that that they they probably put pretty good pressure on Spencer Sanders on Saturday. Not necessarily great pressure from the edges um, again, but that that's to be expected. Linebackers played okay, did not take away the inside slant routes very well from, from Oklahoma State. But, you know, that, that's that's neither here nor there in some respect because that wasn't always what they were supposed to be doing. Sometimes they were coming on blitzes. Sometimes they were spying uh, Spencer mm-hmm. Sanders. But the secondary. Um, where does Texas go from here with all of these injuries? I mean, Jaron Thompson's dinged up. Ryan Watts out with a hammy. Uh, Anthony Cook out with a, an arm, a broken arm. Um, where do you see Texas going from here? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're in a tough spot. I, I, I do need to get an a update on, on uh, Watts. I, I think he's going to be fine for the K-State game, but I don't know exact to uh, what level degree, degree he's uh, practicing right now. You know, the big loss uh, going into the next game is going to be Anthony Cook. Um, you know, he's got a broken forearm. He's not going to be out for the whole season. We reported that on Monday. Uh, he might be back in time for uh, the, the the following game after that. Is that uh, Tennessee or TCU? I think um, so. That's good news. But you know they got to figure out something for the K State game. And you know it's not a position where you know like offensive line where it's easy to just go next man up and you reshuffle uh, because you know safety and corner uh, require you know quite a bit different uh, level of understanding, athleticism. Uh, so it's not necessarily plug and play to play your your next best guy. They could, however, look at at moving Barron around. Uh, maybe even playing him at safety or going, uh, uh, or you know, getting Gilbo out there and putting Barron back there. They do have to figure out what to do with Keaton Crawford and Michael Taff. I don't think that's the the proper answer. The saving grace might be that K State is not the greatest passing offense, and I know people will say, "Well, Texas makes everybody look like the greatest passing offense," uh, but Adrian Martinez is not not a, not a nearly capable uh, quarterback passing the ball as uh, Spencer Sanders is. The bigger concern with him will be uh, running the ball. No, Miss Cook. They're going to miss Cook because he's. He's been uh, pretty assignment sound back there. He's physical playing the run force. So that's how he broke his form in the first place. He's, I think it happened a couple plays after that uh, near targeting call, which, you know, I don't know how near it was. He flew straight over the guy. Um, but, yeah, they're going to have some issues at, uh, in sec- at the secondary. But luckily they, they should get cooked back uh, in time for the following game. Yeah, I, I think you make a good point. So your idea is get the best five out there, not just get five out there. It's not just – 
replace the safety with a safe with an existing safety necessarily if you can move Jade Barron around and if, somehow get a, a better matchup otherwise, right? If Barron is up to it. So we have to hear, you know, we'll have to check this week and see if they're they're looking at that. You know, um Crawford and, and Taff are are you know struggling for different reasons. And I don't think they're gonna be the the, the best guy, the best option. I could be wrong. Maybe maybe one of those guys starts, maybe Crawford. Uh, but they better have a backup plan in case that doesn't work because I expect um, I expect those guys to be get picked on. You know, those uh, coaches, Kleiman's going to see the same uh, mistakes that we've been seeing the last couple of weeks. Crawford just seems a little bit it's it's moving too fast for him out there. And it, it you know the faster it moves, the slower they move uh, physically. And you know we're seeing him kind of stuck in mud at times and taking bad angles. Taff is taking some bad angles. Taff at least knows what to do, uh, but he's not always getting there. Yeah, it, it almost it, what K State does from a passing perspective is not sophisticated to your right. point, right? Yeah. And so, and that is where I think Keaton Crawford struggles more, right? He, he's he's better coming downhill than he is trying to backpedal and figure it all out. So I kind of wonder if for K State, he's not the best answer, uh, but for a passing team like TCU, it might be somebody else. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna have. Hopefully, Cook is back for that TCU game. I think they'll be able to uh, to wrap his uh, forearm and, and get him back out there. Um, you know, that's that's going to be the best case scenario. That you know, they've got they've got to figure something out. They they do catch a break with K State being the next game up. I know it's a tough road game, uh, but stylistically, it should not put the the secondary in nearly as much limbo as some of these other teams. Yep, and and Texas does have a good interior uh, that can maybe help thwart some of their run game. Uh, which uh, is what everybody worries about when you go to K-State because uh, not only is Adrian Martinez very good, but Deuce Vaughn uh, has uh, the ability to, to be a game-breaker at any point in time. Um, so that's the defense that we talked about. The other thing that, that I think everybody would point to from Saturday, Eric, uh, is the second-half woes on offense. Uh, we've seen it before. Was it all Quinn Ewers? Was – it's some of it on Steve Sarkeesian play calling was some of it on K, uh, Oklahoma state playing a better brand of defense. Was it all of the above? Um, yeah. I mean, it was all of the above. I'd never blame well, one single player for it. You know, Quinn had a struggle. So the, the struggles were known in the first half. So uh, it's the coach's job to figure out how to work around those struggles. And I don't think, I think Texas, I think Sark could have done a couple of different things uh, that he chose not to. A big issue obviously was Oklahoma state started uh, defending the counter much better. Uh, and, and once they did that, I don't think Texas had a great answer for it. Um, you know. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. You know that you have to you have to expect that they're going to stop what you're doing, what's what's actually what's what's wrecking them and controlling the game. And then you have to, you know, once you figure that out, what, what's the counter off of that? You better have a backup plan. And I don't think they had a very good backup plan. Um, you know, they kept going for the they, they kept playing in the Oklahoma State's, State's hands by, by t- trying the deep shots. Uh, I think it were what, four for 16 to worthy. Uh, not all of them were deep, but quite a few of them were. Uh, obviously, the conditions were not great. It's quite windy. Um, you know, I, I think that they should have made a concerted effort to get the ball in a more reliable receiver's hands. You know, I've been harping on the, the lack of Whittington. Even in games where Whittington's performed well, they should have targeted more, I think. 
I don't know that Whittington necessarily plays into Sarkeesian's uh, quick strike preference, uh, but I think he, you, I think you've got to go to the more reliable people in those conditions. Even Jatavian Sanders, I know he had the tip ball pick. Uh, but that's a little bit of hindsight. They should have been throwing to him earlier. We even saw Jaleel Billingsley make a couple good receptions, uh, maybe go to him. There's, there, was, there was space in the middle part of the field. Uh, they, you know, Oklahoma State definitely did a good job of taking away the flat. Uh, they were doubling the deep ball, even though it was still there sometimes. But I think the intermediate uh, should have been exploited a lot more. Uh, I, I just don't know why they didn't go to Whittington more often. And I know he had he had an incomplete pass that's not – you know, Whittington's going to get dinged in the NFL for his catch radius. You've got to hit him uh, on his body, but he's good at, at creating space underneath or, or in the middle of the field. Uh, they should have made a concerted effort to get him much more involved. You know what was interesting to me um... – it seemed to me like Quinn was targeting and 16 targets is a lot of targets for a single receiver with Xavier worthy. Especially when it's not working. Yeah. Well, here, here's the issue though. They line up. It, it, they didn't run a lot of uh, two, two receivers to the same side. And so if you're looking to go to worthy because of the pass rush, getting there so quickly, sometimes you're not able to turn your head back to the other side where Whittington would be. Right. So literally, you're locked onto one receiver before the, the pass rush gets there. But that, yeah, and he was, he, Quinn was hearing footsteps on Saturday. Yeah, well, you've got to put it in his ear. Hey, you know, Whittington's, we're, we're trying to get the, this. This play is designed to go to Whittington. You know, you've got to you've got to put that in his ear beforehand. It's it's up to the coach to get his playmakers involved. And Whittington is a playmaker and he's reliable. They needed reliability on Saturday. Uh, they were and they had they, they were using their two, maybe their two most talented players on offense, you know, outside of Bijan, but not the most reliable guys. Uh, given where they are in their development uh, and given how they were trying to hit them. It's, it's, it's just a low percentage offense to begin with. So yeah, to me, they need more reliability to me, you know, Whittington screams reliability has been, been that guy all year long. Um, he's been huge early in games when Texas was getting its footing against Alabama, against UTSA. They, they really needed a, a spark. And I think he was the guy to go to, but you're right. The pass that was the, the most disruptive pass rush we've seen all season. Uh, we knew going into the game, they could put four guys out there that can get upfield. Uh, the offensive line did not have the best game in pass pro, uh, and it certainly affected them. I mean, you know, credit to them. You know, Quinn, it, Quinn wasn't, it wasn't an ideal situation for Quinn to make plays. Uh, that's why I think they should have made it, uh, given them a little bit easier read and, and gone elsewhere with the ball. It's interesting. You use the term reliability, Eric. Uh, the term that Brian Irwin, Coach Brian Irwin used was run consistency. Like, it's one thing, you know, Texas has two runs for 50 yards, yeah. And 30, 30 more for 50 yards, yeah. right? Or, or what, mm -hmm. 60 yards, whatever right. it is. Um, that's what he's looking for, too, is that more consistent move the ball. If you're able to do that, it keeps your defense off the field and a little fresher, too. Um, yeah. Well, we've again, seen that. That's a, that's a theme that's an overlapping theme from last year is the offense not making plays, the defense is out there too much. And that's, you know, happened in the tech game. It's happened this game. And it happened all last year, too. Yep. And so I think that. Um, finding that uh, happy meeting between the two two pieces is going to be important uh, as Texas moves forward because uh, the Texas defense right now is struggling from a health perspective, especially on the back end. Um, let, let's go now and talk a little uh, uh, talk a little recruiting. Uh, and the question I have for you for this week's state of the program as it relates to recruiting, Eric, how heavy and how important is the portal for Texas this offseason? Well, you know, I've been calling this the year before the year, but, you know, for that to, to really come to fruition, uh, they're going to have to fill some some big gaps. Now, I feel real confident in the development that we'll see on the offensive line and at quarterback uh, and at receiver. 
Um, but they're going to need to plug and play some guys. They can't just bring in some depth pieces on the defense. They need some guys that are going to come in and are, you know, pretty much no doubt starters uh, from day one, uh, sort of how like Ryan Watts was. So, you know, that that's <laughs> that's a big part. You know, they're going to use their, their capital, their portal capital on the defensive side as opposed to last year when they used it on the offensive side. So, you know, you're always beholden to what goes into the portal. Um, and, and, you know, you have to play your cards right. You don't know if, you know, there could be a guy that you go and you say, hey, we need him, and you get him, and then the next day a better player comes in. Now that's going to be a little bit less of a problem this season because they're going to go in, in largely these uh, big uh, big waves when the, in the, uh, the period that the NCAA allows in, in, two, uh, in, in early December and middle of May. So that will make things a little bit easier. They'll know in advance who's in and who to target. Uh, but they're going to go heavy on in the portal at, at, I think, all the positions that everybody can see that they need. And I think, I think they'll do a good job. Um, you know, that it's, the, the needs are pretty obvious in the playing time. The opportunity is going to be a, a positive sell. All right. I got one more question for you. But before I do that, I want to thank our sponsor, Adam Lowy, uh, Adam of the Lowy Law Firm. Uh, the Lowy Law Firm specializes in results for its clients, whether it's a tragic car wreck, an accident in the workplace or any serious or catastrophic injury. Adam is who you want to call. Call Adam today at 512-280-0800 or uh, visit him online at lowylawfirm.com for a free consultation. And remember, Adam focuses on results. Uh, Eric, four games. Texas is the off game uh, this week in the Big 12. Uh, you know, so I have to ask you, along with Kansas, Texas and Kansas are off this week. I want to ask you the four games. TCU goes to West Virginia. TCU uh, favored by seven and a half. What do you think? I think TCU wins a close one. Okay. West Virginia is a tough place to play, and they can beat pretty much anybody in the conference at home. We saw that with Baylor, and they didn't even play all that great to beat Baylor. Um, I, I think I think they're tough, but TCU is TCU is a bit more the better, well-rounded team right now. Yeah, and, and what's interesting, West Virginia got blown out at Tech last week. Just like they got blown out against Texas, kind of. Yeah, they're gonna have they're gonna have a lot of trouble with Quentin Johnston. Yep. Um, Oklahoma goes to Iowa State, so these are this is the battle for the bottom of the Big Twelve in some ways, right? Yeah, um, I was. You know, Matt Campbell always plays that program uh, tough. Uh, you know, got them at home. They've got to get. They've got to be pissed. I think he's done a great job of keeping that team together through a tough start. Yeah, I would pick Iowa State. Now, OU's favored by one for the people out there that follow that stuff. Oklahoma State, uh, number nine in the country, goes to K-State. Uh, it's the 2-30 game on Fox. Six and one Oklahoma State, five and two Kansas State. Kansas State favored by a point and a half. Yeah, is, is, with, I mean, we don't know if Adrian Martinez is coming back. Yeah, well, I didn't know about that. Is he questionable? Uh, he Well, he left the TCU game, and they don't, they don't comment on in, injuries. Huh, okay, well – I'm, I would pick uh, Kansas State at home. Uh, Oklahoma State has had a tough run of games. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think uh, Kleiman uh, can do some things. Uh, you know, obviously they're going to run the quarterback. They're not they're not the greatest if he's healthy. I should say uh, they're not the greatest at stopping the run. Uh, I think K State wins that one at home. Um, but you know, Oklahoma State to me, if if, if Oklahoma State would have lost to Texas, I think the rails were were ready to come off that team. You know, they're Gundy's just doing a, tr a tremendous job of holding them together. Together, but I would I would pick K State at home. Baylor goes to Texas Tech. Texas Tech favored by two and a half. Yeah, I would take Tech at home. Um, you know, McGuire's going to have them playing hard. You know, you know they're going to play hard. And then, you know, they've got a quarterback. You know, Baron Mort Morton is a fantastic uh, prospect. You and I talked about him a couple of weeks ago. 
uh, with, with Jerry, I believe. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, Tech is, tech is going to be wound up. They're, they're playing good. You know, they're playing pretty consistently. Uh, you know, I, I would go with them at home for sure. All right. All right. That's Eric Nalene, publisher of InsideTexas.com. Eric, thanks for your time tonight or, or this morning. Excuse me. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, for Eric Nalene, I'm Bobby Burton. And this has been the State of the Program.